Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word today, July 1st. Thank you for keeping us alive with your word. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you love us, Lord. We are your beloved, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for the, the laughter, the joy. And Lord, you have we obey you, Lord. We thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Believe that you're in charge, Lord. We praise your holy name, Lord. With thanksgiving and praise, Lord. Make it happen. Lord, as we read your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Second Kings chapter 18, 13 to 1937. In the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign, King Sinacherib of Assyria came to attack the fortified towns of Judah and conquered them. King Hezekiah sent this message to the king of Assyria at Lachis. I have done wrong. I will pay whatever tribute money you demand if you will only withdraw. The king of Assyria then demanded a settlement of more than 11 tons of silver and one ton of gold. To gather this amount, King Hezekiah used all the silver stored in the temple of the Lord in the palace treasury. Hezekiah even stripped the gold from the doors of the Lord's temple and from the doorposts he had overlaid with gold. And he gave it all to a Syrian king. Nevertheless, the king of Assyria sent his commander-in-chief, his field commander, and his chief of staff from Lashish with it huge army to confront King Hezekiah in Jerusalem. The Syrians took up positions besieged the aqueduct and feeds water into the upper pool near the road leading to the field where cloth is washed. They summoned King Hezekiah, but the king sent their officials to meet with them. Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, and Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Ashab, the royal historian. Then the Assyrian chief of staff told them to give this message to Hezekiah. This is what the great king of Assyria says. What are you trusting in that makes you so confident? Do you think that mere words can substitute for military skill and strength? Who are you counting on that you have rebel against me? On Egypt? If you lean on Egypt, it will be like a reed that splinters beneath your weight and pierces your hand. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is completely unreliable. But perhaps you will say to me, we are trusting in the Lord our God. But isn't he the one who was insulted by Hezekiah? Didn't Hezekiah tear down his shrines and altars and make everyone in Judah and Jerusalem worship only in the altar here in Jerusalem? I tell you what, strike a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you can find that many men to ride on them. With your tiny army, how can you think of challenging even the weakest con contingent of my master's troop, even with the help of Egypt chariots and charioteers? What more do you think you have invaded your land without the Lord's direction? The Lord himself told us 
attack this land and destroy it. What's more, do you think we have invaded your land without the Lord's direction? The Lord himself told us, attack this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, Shebdon, Joah, said to the, and Joah said to the Syrian chief of staff, Please speak to us in Aramaic, for we understand it we well. We don't, don't speak in Hebrew, for the people in the wall will hear. But Shinachar's chief of staff replied, Do you think my master sent this message only to you and your master? He wants all the people to hear it. For when we put this city under siege, they will suffer along with you. They will be so hungry and thirsty that they will eat their own dung and drink their own urine. Then the chief of staff stood and shouted in Hebrew to the people of the wall, Listen to this message from the great king of Assyria. This is what the king says, Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. He will never be able to rescue you from my power. Don't let him fool you into trusting in the Lord by saying the Lord will surely rescue us. This city will never fall into the hands of the Assyrian king. Don't listen to Hezekiah. These are the terms the king of Assyria is offering. Make peace with me. Open the gates and come out. Then each of you can continue eating from your own grapevine and fig tree and drink from your own well. Then I will arrange to take you to another land like this one, a land of grain and new wine, bread and vineyards, olive groves and honey. Choose life instead of death. Don't listen to Hezekiah when he tries to mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us. Have the gods of any other nation ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the gods of Hamat and Arpad? And what about the gods of Sepharvaim? Hina and Eva, did any good God rescue Samaria from my power? What God of any nation has ever been able to save his people from my power? So what makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem from me? But the people were silent and did not utter a word, because Hezekiah had commanded them, do not answer him. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joash, son of Asaph, the royal historian, went back to Hezekiah. They tore their clothes in despair, and they went in to see the king and told him what the Assyrian chief of Asaph had said. When Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and went in the temple of the Lord. And he sent Elikim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priest, all dressed in burlap, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him, This is what the king Hezekiah said today. It is the day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian chief of staff sent by the king to defile the living God and will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those who, of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, This is what the Lord says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king messenger. Listen, I myself will move against him.
and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home, so he will return to his land, where I will have him killed with a sword. Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Jerusalem and went to consult the king of Assyria, who had left Lashish and was attacking Libna. Soon afterwards, King Sinacherib received word that King Tirhaka of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem with this message. This message is for the king Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well that, that the kings of Assyria have done wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of the nations rescued them? Such nations as Gozan, Haran, Recep, and the people of Eden who were in Tel Asar? My predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamat and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Sepharvim, Hina, and Eba? Iba. And Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it and went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. He said, O Lord God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone create the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Shida Sherb's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the king of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all. Only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone are the Lord. Amen. It's interesting that it says right here that the... I noticed it was... I, I, Isaiah, I thought Isaiah died already, or they buried him, or he was old. Mm. And he's, you know, unless these things are not chronologically in order, they're overlapping each other's stories, mm. which they do a lot in the Bible. Amen. I was hoping to see. Uh, Read the study on it. Okay, Second Kings, the study says. Sina, Sina Charibs, or Sina Charibs, army had captured all four or five cities of Judah. He sent a message to Hezekiah telling him to surrender. Realizing that the situation was hopeless, Hezekiah went to the temple and prayed. Although Hezekiah came boldly to God and did not take God for granted or approach him flippantly, instead Hezekiah acknowledged God's sovereignty and Judah's total dependence on him. Hezekiah sought deliverance for Judah for more than his own security. He desired that God be glorified through it all. God answered Hezekiah's prayer and delivered Judah by sending an army to attack the Syrian camp, forcing Shinacherib to leave at once. 
Hezekiah's prayer provided a good model for us. Prayer should be our first response to any crisis. No, not at last resort. We should not be afraid to approach God with our prayers. But we must come to Him with respect for who is He and what He can do. We must also submit our security into God's hands and ask His glory to be seen clearly, clearest of all. Um, this is right, the prayer here. He prays, O Lord God of Israel. That's a good prayer. O Lord God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kings of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Yes. Bend down, O Lord, and open your eyes, O Lord, and see and listen. And we thank you, Lord, that you bring us out of situations and put us in the right places. Thank you, Lord God, for this country, Lord. Peace to it right now, Lord. Father, we just ask you to send your warring angels over here, Lord, to fight this battle, Lord. That's taking place here on this earth, Lord. And we, we thank you that you're on the throne. We thank you we don't understand things at times, Lord. But we know that you're sovereign. We exalt you, Lord. And we trust you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for being in charge of everything. You will, are, you're the God that's merciful, Father, to your people. And, Father, you, you turn situations that are meant for evil into good, Lord. You're working things out good for this country, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord, for the though it's happening, but we do speak to that, that atmosphere right now, and we speak peace to it, Jesus, and we cover this country with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. House with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, there's more reading here. I didn't see this. Then Isaiah, son of Amen, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I have heard your prayers about King Sinacherib of Assyria, and the Lord has spoken his word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have defiled the Lord. You have said with my many chariots I have conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest parts of Lebanon. I have cut down its taller cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its father's corners and explored its deepest forest. I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with the water. With the sole of my foot, I stuffed up all the rivers of Egypt. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Long ago I planned it, and now I'm making it happen. I plan for you to crush fortified cities in a heap of trouble. That is why their people have no so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are weak as grass and easily trample as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting in a housetop scorch before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and where you come and go. I know the way you have raged against me, and because you're raging against me in your arrogance, which I have heard for myself, I will put my hook in your nose 
and my bit in your mouth, and I will make your return by the same road in which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Here are the proofs. <laughs> that is what I say. I'm reading, babe. This year... This year you will eat only what grows up by itself. Now next year you will eat what springs up from that. <laughs> but in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them. You will lend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Judah who gave escape the ravages of the siege will put roots down in your own soil and will grow up and flourish. For a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem a group of survivors from Mount Zion, the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside his gates with their shields nor build banks of earth against the walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road in which he came, and he will not enter the city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend this city and protect it. That night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the Syrian Assyrians woke up, surviving, the next morning they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sinasherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital, Nineveh, and he stayed there. One day while he was worshipping in the temple of his god Nishrash, his son, Adramelech, his sons, Adramelech and Sherezir, killed him with their swords. Then they escaped to the land of Ararat, and another son, Esar Hadan became the next king of Assyria. There it is, the Lord's deliverance, 185,000 people killed. An amazing thing. Okay, would you like to read? Yes. Okay. Acts chapter 2. Oh, okay, Acts chapter 21, verse 1 to 7. After saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, we, Luke, Paul, and their companions, sailed straight to the island of Kos. The next day we reached Rhodes and then went to Patra. There we boarded a ship sailing for Phoenicia. We sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left, and landed in the harbor of Tyre in Syria where the ship was to unload its cargo. We went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go to Jerusalem. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, the entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to shore with us. There we knelt, prayed, and said our farewells. Then we then we went abroad and we returned home. The next stop after leaving Tyree was 
Potobias. When we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed for one day, the next day we went on uh, to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip, the evangelist. One of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food, he had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul's belt, and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, The Holy Spirit declares, So shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the turn, and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. But he said, Why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I'm, re I'm ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Some believers from Caesarea accompanied us, and they took us to the home of Manasseh, a man originally from Cyprus and one of the early believers. When we arrived, the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us warmly. And the study says, Did Paul disobey the Holy Spirit by going to Jerusalem? This seems unlikely. See Acts 20, 22-23. Instead, it's more likely that the Holy Spirit gave the believers entirely an understanding of the suffering that Paul would face in Jerusalem. They concluded that he should not go there because of that reality. Acts 21, 10-12. These believers probably assumed that God would not lead Paul into such great danger, but Paul didn't believe this. Although they pleaded with him not to go, Paul knew God wanted him to. No one enjoys pain, but a faithful disciple follows God above all else. Our desire to follow God will sometimes lead us into hardship and suffering, even though we would rather avoid it. Pain and hardships do not rule out something from being God's will. In fact, Paul said, Paul said just the opposite. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12 When we grasp the word of being near, worth of being near God, we can echo Paul's companions. The Lord's will be done, even when his will leads us into hard times. Amen. Amen. Better read this song. Okay. Psalm 149, 1-9 Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praises in the assembly of the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your Maker. O people of Jerusalem, exult in your King. Praise His name with dancing. Accompanied by tambourine and harp. For the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their mouths. 
and a sharp sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron chains, to execute the judgment against them. This is the glorious privilege of his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18.8 Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word today, July 1st. Thank you for keeping us alive with your word. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you love us, Lord. We are your beloved, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for the, the laughter, the joy. And Lord, you have we obey you, Lord. We thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Believe that you're in charge, Lord. We praise your holy name, Lord. With thanksgiving and praise, Lord. Make it happen. Lord, as we read your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Second Kings chapter 18, 13 to 1937. In the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign, King Sinacherib of Assyria came to attack the fortified towns of Judah and conquered them. King Hezekiah sent this message to the king of Assyria at Lachis. I have done wrong. I will pay whatever tribute money you demand if you will only withdraw. The king of Assyria then demanded a settlement of more than 11 tons of silver and one ton of gold. To gather this amount, King Hezekiah used all the silver stored in the temple of the Lord in the palace treasury. Hezekiah even stripped the gold from the doors of the Lord's temple and from the doorposts he had overlaid with gold and he gave it all to a Syrian king nevertheless the king of Assyria sent his commander-in-chief his field commander and his chief of staff from Lashish with a huge army to confront King Hezekiah in Jerusalem the Syrians took up positions besieged the aqueduct and feeds water into the upper pool near the road leading to the field where cloth is washed they summoned King Hezekiah but the king sent their officials to meet with them Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, and Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Ashab, the royal historian. Then the Assyrian chief of staff told them to give this message to Hezekiah. This is what the great king of Assyria says. What are you trusting in that makes you so confident? Do you think that mere words can substitute for military skill and strength? Who are you counting on that you have rebelled against me? On Egypt? If you lean on Egypt, it will be like a reed that splinters beneath your weight and pierces your hand. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is completely unreliable. But perhaps you will say to me, we are trusting in the Lord our God. But isn't he the one who was insulted by Hezekiah? Didn't Hezekiah tear down his shrines and altars and make everyone in Judah and Jerusalem 
worship only in the altar here in Jerusalem? I tell you, what? Strike a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you can find that many men to ride on them. With your tiny army, how can you think of challenging even the weakest con contingent of my master's troop, even with the help of Egypt chariots and charioteers? Which more do you think you have invaded your land without the Lord's direction? The Lord himself told us, attack this land and destroy it. What's more, do you think we have invaded your land without the Lord's direction? The Lord himself told us, attack this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, Shebdon, Joah, said to the, and Joah said to the Syrian chief of staff, Please speak to us in Aramaic, for we understand it we well with no don't speak in Hebrew, for the people in the wall will hear. But Shinachar's chief of staff replied, Do you think my master sent this message only to you and your master? He wants all the people to hear it. For when we put this city under siege, they will suffer along with you. They will be so hungry and thirsty that they will eat their own dung and drink their own urine. Then the chief of staff stood and shouted in Hebrew to the people of the wall, Listen to this message from the great king of Assyria. This is what the king says, Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. He will never be able to rescue you from my power. Don't let him fool you into trusting in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely rescue us. This city will never fall into the hands of the Assyrian king. Don't listen to Hezekiah. These are the terms the king of Assyria is offering. Make peace with me, open the gates, and come out. Then each of you can continue eating from your own grapevine and fig tree and drink from your own well. Then I will arrange to take you to another land like this one, a land of grain and new wine, bread and vineyards, olive groves and honey. Choose life instead of death. Don't listen to Hezekiah when he tries to mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us. Have the gods of any other nation ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the gods of Hamat and Arpad? And what about the gods of Sepharvain, Hina, and Eva? Did any good God rescue Samaria from my power? What God of any nation has ever been able to save his people from my power? So what makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem from me? But the people were silent and did not utter a word, because Hezekiah had commanded them, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joash, son of Asaph, the royal historian, went back to Hezekiah. They tore their clothes in despair, and they went in to see the king and told him what the Assyrian chief of staff had said. When Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and went in the temple of the Lord. And he sent Elikim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priest, all dressed in burlap, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him, this is what the king Hezekiah said today, is the day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. 
It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian chief of Seth, sent by the king to defile the living God, and will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those who of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, This is what the Lord says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king messenger. Listen, I myself will move against him, and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home, so he will return to his land, where I will have him killed with a sword. Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Jerusalem and went to consult the king of Assyria, who had left Lashish and was attacking Libna. Soon afterwards, King Sinacherib received word that King Tirhaka of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem with this message. This message is for the king Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well that, that the kings of Assyria have done wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of the nations rescued them, such nations as gold? Gozan, Haran, Recep, and the people of Eden who were in Tel Asar. My predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamat and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Sef, Harvim, Hina, and Iba? Iba. Then Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it and went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. He said, O Lord God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone create the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Shida Sherb's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the king of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the king of the earth will know that you alone are the Lord. Amen. It's interesting that it says right here that uh, I noticed it was Isaiah. I thought Isaiah died already or they buried him or he was old. Hmm. And he's, you know, unless these things are not chronologically in order, they're overlapping each other's stories, hmm. which they do a lot in the Bible. Amen. I was hoping to see. Uh, Read the study on it. Okay, Second Kings. The study says, Shina Sina Charibs or Sina Charibs army had captured all fortified cities of Judah. He sent a message 
to Hezekiah telling him to surrender, realizing that the situation was hopeless, Hezekiah went to the temple and prayed. Although Hezekiah came boldly to God and did not take God for granted or reproach him flippantly, instead Hezekiah acknowledged God's sovereignty and Judah's total dependence on him. Hezekiah sought deliverance for Judah for more than his own security. He desired that God be glorified through it all. God answered Hezekiah's prayer and delivered Judah by sending an army to attack the Syrian camp, forcing Shina and Cherib to leave at once. Hezekiah's prayer provided a good model for us. Prayer should be our first response to any crisis. No, not at last resort. We should not be afraid to approach God with our prayers. But we must come to Him with respect for who is He and what He can do. We must also submit our security into God's hands and ask His glory to be seen clearly, clearest of all. Um, this is right, the prayer here. He praises, O Lord, God of Israel. That's a good prayer. O Lord God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kings of the earth. You alone create the heavens and the earth. Yes. Bend down, O Lord, and open your eyes, O Lord, yes. and see and listen. And we thank you, yes, Lord, that you bring us out of situations and put us in the right places. Thank you, Lord God, for this country, Lord. Peace to it right now, Lord. Father, we just ask you to send your warring angels over here, Lord, to fight this battle, Lord, that's taking place here on this earth, Lord. And we, we thank you that you're on the throne. We thank you we don't understand things at times, Lord, but we know that you're sovereign. We exalt you, Lord, and we trust you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for being in charge of everything, Lord. You are, you're the God that's merciful, Father, to your people, and Father, you we turn situations that are meant for evil into good, Lord. You're working things out good for this country, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord, for the though it's happening. But we do speak to that, that atmosphere right now, and we speak peace to it, Jesus, and we cover this country with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. This house with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, there's more reading here. I didn't see this. Then Isaiah, son of Amon, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayers about King Sinacherib of Assyria, and the Lord has spoken his word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have defiled the Lord. You have said, With my many chariots I have conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest parts of Lebanon. I have cut down his taller cedars and his finest cypress trees. I have reached his father's corners and I explored its deepest forest. I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with the water, with the sole of my foot. I stuffed up all the rivers of Egypt. But have you not heard? 
I decided this long ago, long ago I planned it, and now I'm making it happen. I plan for you to crush fortified cities in a heap of trouble. That is why their people have no so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are weak as grass and easily trample as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting in a housetop scorch before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well where you stay and where you come and go. I know the way you have raged against me, and because you're raging against me in your arrogance, which I have heard for myself, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will make you return by the same road in which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Here are the proofs. <laughs> that is what I say I'm reading, babe. This year... This year you will eat only what grows up by itself. Now next year you will eat what springs up from that. <laughs> but in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them. You will lend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Judah who gave escape the ravages of the siege will put roots down in your own soil and will grow up and flourish. For a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem a group of survivors from Mount Zion, the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside his gates with their shields nor build banks of earth against the walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road in which he came, and he will not enter the city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend this city and protect it. That night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surveying Assyrians woke up, surviving, the next morning they found corpse everywhere. Then King Sinasherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital, Nineveh, and he stayed there. One day while he was worshipping in the temple of his god Nishrash, his son, Adramalek, his sons, Adramalek and Sherezir, killed him with their swords. Then they escaped to the land of Ararat, and another son, Esar Hadan became the next king of Assyria. There it is, the Lord's deliverance, 185,000 people killed. An amazing thing. Okay, would you like to read? Yes. Okay. Acts chapter 2. Oh, okay, Acts chapter 21, verse 1 to 7. After saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, we, Luke, Paul, and their companions, sailed straight to the island of Kos. The next day we reached Rhodes and then went to Patra. There we boarded a ship sailing for Phoenicia. 
We sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left, and landed in the harbor of Tyre in Syria, where the ship was to unload its cargo. We went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go to Jerusalem. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, the entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to shore with us. There we knelt, prayed, and said our farewells. Then we, then we went abroad and we returned home. The next stop after leaving Tyree was Potobias. When we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed for one day, the next day we went on uh, to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip, the evangelist. One of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food, he had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul's belt, and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, The Holy Spirit declares, So shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the turned and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. But he said, Why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I'm re I'm ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said the Lord will be done. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Some believers from Caesarea accompanied us, and they took us to the home of Manasseh, a man originally from Cyprus and one of the early believers. When we arrived, the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us warmly. And the study says, Did Paul disobey the Holy Spirit by going to Jerusalem? This seems unlikely. See Acts 20, 22-23. Instead, it's more likely that the Holy Spirit gave the believers in Tyre an understanding of the suffering that Paul would face in Jerusalem. They concluded that he should not go there because of that reality. Acts 21, 10-12. These believers probably assumed that God would not lead Paul into such great danger, but Paul didn't believe this. Although they pleaded with him not to go, Paul knew God wanted him to. No one enjoys pain, but a faithful disciple follows God above all else. Our desire to follow God will sometimes lead us into hardship and suffering, even though we would rather avoid it. Pain and hardships do not rule out something from being God's will. In fact, Paul said, Paul said just the opposite. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12 When we grasp the word of being near, worth of being near God, we can echo Paul's companions. The Lord's will be done, even when his will leads us into hard times. Amen. Amen. Better read this song. Okay.
Psalm 149, 1-9. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praises in the assembly of the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your Maker. O people of Jerusalem, exult in your King. Praise His name with dancing. Accompanied by tambourine and harp. For the Lord delights in His people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that He honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with shackles and their leaders with iron chains, to execute the judgment against them. This is the glorious privilege of his faithful ones. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 18.8 Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Amen. Amen.